0: So, hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Southcast this season. Myself, Glenn Price, and joined by Ollie Warner as we go another game without losing, Ollie. So, there we go. Are we on a run yet, would you say?
1: Back to back wins, I think, are required to start a run. <laughs> okay. But not not losing away, though, against Lincoln. Obviously, Lincoln are a decent side. We do have a very good record there, but it was a good result. No. And for me, it um, gives us a good opportunity to go into the FA Cup game on, on Sunday.
0: Yeah, would you would you count the FA Cup game as part of a run then, you know, one win in the league, a draw and then a win in the cup is that a run, Ollie? I want to get on a run. I need I need some definition here, mate. I
1: think I think I think three games without a defeat and two <laughs> wins would be a run. Yeah? Yeah, I think that just scrapes through the the threshold of a run.
0: Mm, I think that would probably be fine. Yeah, I think we could officially say we're heading in the right direction there. And there were some positives from the game on Saturday, weren't there? Off the back of the win. But, you know, we, we will have to point out the other things, lack of clean sheets and some other bits and bobs that obviously are, are sort of stopping us from going a little bit better than we are at the moment. But um there we go, Ali. But we've reached that point in the season where the clocks went back last night, haven't we? So we're really into the middle of the season now. So
1: I didn't know it was where it was like where you are, but about an hour ago it was so dark <laughs> and it was proper one hundred percent tipping it down. It was yeah, it was pretty dark. So yeah, we're definitely getting into autumn now, leaves everywhere.
0: We have, yeah, and this is where we need to kind of kick on as a football club, isn't it, I suppose, on the pitch, and hopefully this has given us the platform to build on it, really. But we are recording, Ollie, we should just say. Uh, it's early on in the morning, so you might hear a bit more noise in the background, as usual, of usual, of children knocking around at my house, um, because it's Halloween, isn't it, and frankly, um, for anyone that lives in Bellevue or sort of other parts of Shrewsbury where Halloween's gone a bit mental over the last 10 years um, I couldn't have recorded a podcast tonight Ollie because the doorbell would have been ringing every five minutes or kids banging on the window asking for sweets so um, there we go so that's what we're doing a morning one aren't we we were just saying you haven't quite got to that point yet but with your baby due very soon Ollie uh, give it five six years and you'll be in the same boat mate
1: yeah we will I, we, we batten down the hatches <laughs> um, shut the curtains turn the lights off and um, yeah no one knocks on our door
0: You've got such a change coming You've got such a change coming um, There we go Rightio Well we uh, Yeah We'll we'll kind of get back Into the Lincoln game then And uh, see how Saturday went Drain Turner Watching got in front of him Overday Lovely ball in Could be a goal It's uh,
1: still there Still alive for Harold Harold pulls it back right Lincoln City won, Shrewsbury Town won, um, attendance of at 8,000, um, 300 Shrewsbury Town fans, um, goal in the first half for Lincoln um, and a goal in the second half for Leahy after 50 minutes. So we've got a very good record, haven't we, away at Lincoln Glynn? Um, and in terms of Lincoln yeah. in general, they've only beaten us once in 10 games. Um, they came into this game with a good away win at, at Wigan. They won 2-1. But um, I think it's worth noting as well that neither Lincoln or Shrewsbury have won two games back to back this season. So a draw seems quite, um, quite um, yeah, quite funny that we stopped both of us winning two games in a row and we went for a draw
0: a couple of things on just the intro there, really, that we don't normally talk about. I suppose the first one for me is, um, yeah, they are our bo- uh, we are their bogey team, but they're our bogey team at home, aren't we? So we both, I think we both got rec- better records playing at the opposition stadium than our own, which is probably quite unique in <laughs> League One, I would imagine, over the years. But um, yeah, just before we get into to, to the game and stuff, and, and a few other stats, uh, Lincoln have done brilliant, haven't they, to grow their crowd over the last sort of 10, 15 years and where they've gone. Obviously, went all the way down as the conference came back, and you know, gain eight thousand in League One for for a club like Lincoln, who I've always traditionally thought. Were kind Kind of on our kind of level pegging, if you will, they've kind of kicked on a little bit, haven't they? In terms of building that kind kind of community and getting fans in more regularly, a little bit maybe better than we have, um, despite the, the improvements we've made as a club. But you've got to say eight thousand for a club like Lincoln's pretty bloody good, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't call them a club like Lincoln, but yeah, a, a League Two side, a League One side. Sorry, um, Lincoln have done fantastic. well haven't they? To go, she they grew their yeah. attendances in non-league. Um, they do a lot of stuff in the community. They're building a new stand. The Stacey West stand mm. is going to be rebuilt. And they're gonna yeah basically put some more community assets in there as well. So they've yeah they've done really really well to grow to grow their, their football club and, and to grow their um, fan base. Um, you've got to say they've done a fantastic job. In terms of like the city, it's it's ninety seven thousand. Shrewsbury's about ninety thousand, yep. isn't it? So very oh, similar yep. size clubs, some very similar size attachment. You know, very similar in the way that obviously Lincoln's surrounded by a lot of countryside and there's a bit of a bit of a market town in that sense and um, Strewsbury is the same as well, so it shows what can be done uh, with some sustained success and building the, and keeping those roots with the community.
0: Yeah, I, if the new chairman's coming in at the end of the year, as is reported, and uh, and obviously led led us to believe, then I, first thing I'll be doing on Saturday would have been asking their chairman what exactly they've been up to, because um, there must be a model or a, or a strategy they've been following to grow it. I think one of the things that Lincoln helped them is going down and then coming up and having a few successful seasons. Yeah, I think one of the success. reasons are. Yeah, one of the reasons our crowds are like obviously winning the bloody trophy, beating us probably helped them as well. But um, uh, yeah, I think one interesting
1: I think is we- comparison as well to a club like Shrewsbury and a club mm-hmm. like Gillingham, where Gillingham are in the news a bit at the moment, aren't they? Where their fans are not happy with their with their chairman, and I've just seen on Twitter in thirteen fourteen they had six thousand two hundred. And then, and then a few years later, it dropped down to 5,000, low 5,000s. And now they're in 4,300 <clears throat> average attendance. Um, so basically, they're basically 1,000 below their, average, their, their former average. And it just shows you that you can't take your fans for granted. Um, and maintaining your fan base at this level is key because before you know it, you can drop.
0: For sure, and there were some questions asked that, wasn't there? People asking because I didn't do too many stats last week because we recorded in the morning and went, well, I went off on all day last week. But, um, you know, we're still averaging 800 down pre COVID, Ollie. Um, if you add in the, the game that we just had, the last home game, um, the 4 1 win against Cambridge, that was about 800 down on a like for like game and roughly the same time before COVID. So, you know, some clubs, I think. Generally, I think clubs are seeing a little bit of a dip in their, their fans post-COVID. Um, I also think our away attendances are down a little bit and, and that's a more difficult one to judge why that is. But yeah, definitely something that clubs need to keep an eye on because our attendance has dropped back a little bit more to sort of the 2015-16 era kind of attendances so far. So I don't really think that's anything to do with the club per se so far. Um, maybe there's a little bit to do with the season ticket issues and um, some of those fans that didn't really uh, appreciate the, the, the kind of not getting their, their money back or their vouchers. So maybe there's something to do with that. But yeah, it's interesting. One, it's as I said, we're tracking the attendance as we go through the season, so when there's a kind of you know 10 15 game point at home, we'll have a little look at that. Ollie, but yeah, it's, it's just I thought it was really interesting to see a team like Lincoln, who, as I said, same kind of town, same kind of market town, getting fair better attendances. But um, maybe if we'd won the trophy down in Wembley, Ollie, we'd be we'd be having similar attendances, so um, that was our own fault, I suppose. But um, just going back to stats before we get into the game, um, just comparative to last season, because obviously that's a bit of a benchmark, isn't it, for, for where we ended up last season. We're actually now, having got this point away from home, a one point better off than where we were last season. Um, and I've been traditionally saying all throughout the podcast so far this year, Ollie, that we're behind, aren't we? So, yeah, we've finally got back ahead of last season by one point after 16 games. Um Something fascinating, Ollie, and one for you to really reflect on in a kind of a more wider thing, and, and why that might have happened. Obviously, we watched us play away at Oxford a few weeks back, didn't we, Ollie? No shots on target, and as I said, that was quite rare at the time. I think it only happened six times in like the last five or six years, so quite rare that we don't actually have a shot on target. But since then, nine against Cambridge and seven against Lincoln, Ollie. So. Quite a remarkable turnaround in terms of actually creating chances and actually forcing keepers into saves.
1: We are still the third worst attacking <laughs> unit though. That's the trouble, isn't it? I need, um, I need to bring it back to us. But it's interesting. It's just like, you know, Plymouth scored 28... Rotherham have scored 28, then you get Sheffield Wednesday up 8th and Burton to a ninth, who have scored 17 and 16 respectively, We are still on 15. Fleetwood below us have scored 24, ah. so yeah, we are doing a bit better on the points. Still want us to be um, positive in terms of goals per game ratio, we're still negative, still, um, less than 1, which was a frustration, but yeah, that's the context, isn't it? We're still, we're still not doing very well um, and we're still um, very much um, in the relegation zone.
0: Yeah, if that I mean if that turnaround continues though I mean, shots on target, I suspect we'll start scoring a few more goals. But um, we'll see whether it's a blip or it's something that is going to continue. I suppose. Um, and
1: well, the we, trouble is we consistently underperform our XG, don't we? That's the yes. problem. Yes. Um, because we um, because apart from Bowman I mean, in terms of senior pros strikers, I just have no faith we're going to score. And it does question why you know why isn't Bloxham and getting a chance? Why mm. is not even Kate getting a chance? Yeah, Doe does a lot of work, and we we talk about this a lot um but i just i just i just fear we just don't want not don't score enough goals um, and that's that's a big problem in football yeah.
0: it's quite funny actually we'll get to the team in a minute but we, we normally don't talk about the bench but there were four strikers on the bench yeah we had uh Caton, Bloxham, pike and cosgrove on the bench so it's a bit it's a bit odd to have four strikers on the bench you know you're not going to get all them on in a game are you
1: no, you can only make three subs, Glenn. <laughs> so we're <you're> not <laughs> going to get four strikers on the bench. Um, it just shows how, how desperate we are um, off the outside of this first 11 at the moment.
0: You say you can only make three subs. on the last, I mean, of the last two games, that's not entirely true, is it? Four, four subs uh, on, on Saturday just gone, and and Lincoln made five in this game. So the rules are all over the shop now with this concussion thing. But um, we'll get to that as we go to the game. And the last stat really, Ollie, um, before we get into the, the way the match went, um, you know, we're tracking uh, Cottrell and Ricketts because it's a fair comparison and it gives us a bit of context as to how we were commenting on Steve... Uh, on Ricketts last season, but after 49 games managing the football club, they are now level on points 60 points each. Um, which you won't be surprised to learn is the worst of all the managers in the new Meadow era. So, yeah, as much as we're looking positive, um, the overall records for Cottrell and Ricketts after six, after 49 games were both pretty terrible. So, um, yeah, work to be done there.
1: Yeah, it certainly does. If we're going to be any, if we're going to stay up, we we'll definitely need to start winning some more games. <laughs> but we're doing a bit, a little bit better at the moment, yes. and we do seem to be seeing some. Green, very very small green shoots in terms of performances and players adjusting to, to new invert commons positions. Yeah. Um, and in terms of positions, um, starting lineup, we played the same team, which is not too surprised considering we scored four goals in the last <laughs> game and, and played really well. So we had Morrissey and goal Pennington, Ebanks, and Nurse, um, Bennett, Wally, Davis, and Leahy, um, and Obetta playing left wing back, and Bowman and Doe up front. So you can't really blame the manager for that. Um, I did do a bit of analysis, doing a bit of prep this morning, um, where I did a bit of, bit of looking at how Leahy and Wally um, perform and how they how operate in terms of like two weights and how Wally really bombs forward. But we'll maybe talk about that a little bit. Um, but you weren't surprised, I'm sure, Glenn, to see the same starting lineup
0: never changed a winning team Ollie. Um we've lamented us changing winning teams in the past and then gone on to lose so um, yeah I couldn't really argue with that I mean if we'd had a game on Tuesday and there's a bit of fatigue in the legs maybe it would have been a different call but you know Saturday to Saturday a whole week of training that team that were full of confidence um, I completely love it as I said last week it's a tactic that gets better in the team which I'm a big fan of so um, at the moment this looks about the best we've got with the injuries um, obviously when Vela comes back there's a decision to be made but in reality probably our best team at the moment Ollie. is that is that too unfair of a comment to make?
1: This is our best team. Um, yeah. I think we'll yeah. come on to this in terms of lack of options, but yeah, this is definitely our best team. It's got the most balance to it at the moment. Obviously, if you put Vela in that side. Um, clearly, he'd he'd come in straight away. But in terms of the players available, definitely the best side.
0: Here's a question for you then: Who's Vela coming in for? Wally. Yeah, you would you would you would sacrifice just a little bit more of that attacking flair for for a real solid three in the midfield.
1: I think Vela just offers more attacking mm. flair than Warley does. Wally's a really good ball carrier. Maybe actually play Wally up front and drop a dough. Play Bowman and Wally up front and play Vela. but this gives us more options, doesn't it? Um, having Vela back and and Vela's just the best footballer we've got. Um, so yeah, for me, he obviously clearly he walks back into the side. I don't think you're suggesting anything otherwise.
0: Oh no, no, not not really. I haven't really thought about it. I mean, um, but it's just an interesting on Vela. His injury seems to be sort of sort of lingering on doesn't it it's not cleared up yet obviously and um if we keep getting the thing saying not quite ready yet not quite ready yet which makes you think you know he's almost there but um it has gone on for a few weeks more than we would have hoped hasn't it really
1: it sure has um at first we thought maybe he was going to come back quite quickly there was rumors and the way that if the manager just kind of put in some some kind of say some deflection or some confusion of the opposition he was it sound like he was could have played maybe in the Bolton game but mm. but now he doesn't seem anywhere near like he's coming back
0: Concerning. Well, it's just as well the midfield have started to figure out how to play with each other. So um, we'll get to that as we go through the game. But um, I suppose, yeah, start off with the, with the start of the game, really. You, you noticed, you know, I think most people noticed straight away, it was a different uh, approach from both teams in this one, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, Lincoln tried to get the ball down, don't they, and played some good football. Yep. Um, uh, Monsmer at the back plays a bit of a quarterback, switching play, trying to get the ball moving. Shrewsbury had a very clear approach. I don't think we've been this. Had to put it, with in a game before. <laughs> um, we completely bro- bro- broke down the game, didn't we? As soon as we had an opportunity to take a throw in, we took our time. Um, any opportunity for a kick, we took our time. For me, we were doing the similar things in terms of playing balls down the channels, getting the ball long, fast, and really trying to play for set pieces, I thought. I thought it was quite interesting as well um, that I was trying to watch and just understand a little bit how Lee and Wally watch um, how they play, watching a bit before this podcast today. And in like half an hour, Glenn, of kind of going through the game, like watching it, then just like pressing forward 15 seconds, I didn't really see Leahy or Wally pass to each other once. And I never really saw them really play any football at all. Actually, Leahy's passing percentages was 40-something. Um, and Wally's was like 60. Um, but that's not saying because they had a bad game. We just, They just don't play football. No. Like, they literally just don't, they very rarely do those guys try to pass the ball. We just get the ball forward, we get into the final third, and then when we get there, we do play a little bit. Um And I thought it was really interesting, Glenn, as well, that, you know, you look at this game and you look at the stats at headline, you think 17 shots on target. Wow, it's true we've had a good game. We had a good game. But I think it's worth noting only six of those chances came from open play and 11 came from set pieces. I thought that was the case, watching it, watching it live, and then the stats were kind of, kind of back that up. Yeah. For comparison, Lincoln had 17 own um, shots as well and um, 14 from open play. That's interesting. And we had no none from a counter attack, so our counter attacking didn't work at all. It was all about our set pieces.
0: Yeah, and actually our set pieces were not brilliant early in the game. Obviously, a couple of the the crosses in were ones that late on when there was big scrambles around. I think that's a bit of a different time of the game. But there were some free kicks we had which were appalling. I don't know, Glenn.
1: I thought we scored two goals from set pieces. I think in any maybe I'm just remembering
0: a... that leaky free kick second half and it's poisoned me, Ollie. Cause... Well, that was
1: horrendous. <laughs> we'll come to that in a minute. We'll come to that in a second. That was terrible. But I thought other than that, I thought set pieces were really good. No, we
0: were dangerous, and obviously, you know, set pieces doesn't include long throws, which is a big thing about this game, isn't it, which we'll come to. And um, you know, with having a bit more threat from set pieces and, and obviously a, a long throw specialist now that we've suddenly um uncovered um, and we'll come to that as, as as we go through the game. Yeah, it does make us a bit more of a threat. And it's something we've been saying for a while, Ollie, isn't it? You know, how can you have these three massive imposing centre backs and just not be actually threatening from set pieces? Um so um I think a bit of quality delivery from Lee is helping on that as well. So maybe they're just starting to find their feet with set pieces. But you know, we can't say we've been good at set pieces this season so far up until the last couple of games where it's clearly started to pay off and maybe a week on the training ground they've worked on that and they've worked on this style of tactic you just said ollie the, the wickham-esque style maybe that's the way we're heading now um and it looks a bit more effective than what we were trying to do up until this point so i guess why not at this stage
1: yeah it's a good point glenn in terms of goal defenders not scoring goals only pennington has scored in the league yeah in terms of central defenders so there's no, nothing for me, Banks, from pierre or yeah. um or pierre yeah
0: yeah, not not good. There we go. We did have a bit of a, a bit of a rough start at the start, didn't we? I remember there was a long one, long ball they played, and I think a lot of this came to the to the sun really, because um, um, I think they won the toss and um, put us down that end. And Morosi had a cap on, didn't he? And I think even the centre backs were struggling a little bit with the sun at one point. And I think their their first attack, they just played a long ball, and our two defenders got mixed up, didn't they? Um, and they were running one on one, but Morosi came out and made a really good save, didn't he? Sort of low down, stuck his leg out. So I think there was definitely a thing about the the early stage that first half where Morosi was having a bit of struggling with the sun but i think maybe it went for our defenders as well that kind of caused that that chance but um you know good early save really that kind of set us up to to kind of stay in the half didn't it
1: yeah it did i thought it was quite funny i was listening to the away commentary sorry the home commentary oh, okay. um, for this one and um the co-commentary said that morosi was stupid for having the sun in his eyes <laughs> it's not really it <laughs> he caught me by surprise i was like you had a cap on I'm not sure what he was expecting. Was he expecting to wear shades or something? I'm sure that's not allowed. I thought that was a bit odd. I'm assuming
0: they won the toss, but they might not have done. We might, we yeah, might. they did. Okay, no,
1: the, we the manager talked about it and he said we won, they won the toss and they went that way. Um, and then, yeah, funny, but Maurici had, a, I thought he had a quite good game. He had yeah, to was get involved quite a lot. Um, yeah, poor, poor free kick, the one you were talking about, Glenn. So um, <laughs> we take a, free, a quick free kick, but they're on us straight away. The player jumps up um, the counter-attack and then Maurici makes a good save but you have to say Glenn, that was a terrible terrible finish from the Lincoln striker yeah really poor they should have gone one and up there
0: to be honest with you that wasn't the leave I was talking about that was bad and almost conceded a goal from it but um, the one I was talking about was second half where he decided to do a Ronaldo put his laces through it and he just sailed over the bar so yeah may- maybe uh, a bit, bit unfair on him but um, no it was a good counter-attack wasn't it from Lincoln and, and we, we looked a bit sort of exposed at times but yeah should have scored um, really poor miss um, and, and uh, sorry, not poor miss and, and a good save really but um Yeah, you know, just one of those... I think think it
1: can be both, mate. I think it can be both. I think it was a poor miss, but a good save as well at the same time.
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, And then, yeah, we had our repeating pattern of play over the last few weeks of people getting concussed on it.
1: Yeah, it did. So there was a moment before then where Bennett had a um, collision with one of their defenders, and that was yep. purely accidental. And then Adam Jackson um, had a collision with his own player, and he went down, um, and he had to go on a stretcher. They had to do one of those stretchers they build around him with a collar brace. Um, I did check this morning. I hadn't seen anything from Lincoln, so no news yet. So that's a bit concerning. So hopefully he's OK. There's 11 minutes of extra time. I think I did this see incident. some...
0: I think I did see something, Ollie. I think he got discharged from hospital. I think I saw a thing that said Ryan Jackson has been discharged from hospital um, with with no real effects. Adam so Jackson. I, yeah, you might want to double check on that. Adam Jackson. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I believe that's what I saw this morning. So hopefully he is fine. But it looked nasty, didn't it? Because you know the fact it was eleven minutes injury time. They did not want to move him. They clearly had some concerns around his neck or his head area, didn't they? He was utterly motionless. They say they built the the sort of they put the spine board under him then built a thing around his head to keep it completely isolated and um to me you know when you see that sort of thing happening you do worry about what exactly has happened um i can on the radio i was to radio shropshire because um nick southall had been sent to telford so i could listen to radio shropshire this week with mark and dunny which is fine um but yeah they were sort of talking about how oh yeah it, it, there's no real panic signs there but you know considering they took 11 minutes i was a bit worried at one point but it sounds like he's okay, thank God. Um, So, um, yeah, that that was fine. And then on Radio Shropshire, um, with not much going on, Mark Elliott cracked out his uh, his, uh, Lincoln Cathedral chat, which lasted for about five minutes. It was a real real education, Ollie. Highlight highlight the first half learning about Lincoln Cathedral.
1: That's
0: classic, Mark. loves it. <laughs> there we go. And anyway, the game did get going again, Ollie. And uh, yeah, didn't I? I would figured. Um, I'd sort of said on Twitter, and you know how good I am at reading matches, Ollie, and the way they're going to flow, and my my awful predictions. But I was like, normally when a big injury like that happens, you kind of see a game kind of witter out really to half time. You know, so they know one of their mates has got badly injured, and they sort of kind of both teams shrink back a little bit. But I, you know, the game didn't actually slow down at all. I thought from that injury, and, and obviously they went on to score later on. So um, yeah, I, was, I, I misread that, Ollie. I thought the game kind of continued at a reasonable good entertaining pace
1: yeah it did uh, but unfortunately for us Shrewsbury see conceded yeah. so it was really interesting I thought how Shrewsbury were pressing so when they had the ball in their back line and then they started to come towards the halfway line Ado and Bowman were quite keen to press and Leahy and Wally were backing them up and then as soon as they crossed the kind of halfway line we kind of retreated um, Wally, Leahy and Davis as a midfield three when um, we tuck in to be five at the back um, so we're in that shape, but unfortunately, I are normally quite good. We're in that shape, aren't we, Glenn, in terms of you know, you know, kind of being resolute? But unfortunately, on this one, we there was a couple of mistakes. So basically, what happened was there was a, some rotation of players from a Lincoln perspective, and then unfortunately, nurse. And Ogbecha both trapped the same man. Ogbecha after nurse, I'd say probably that was Ogbecha's fault, which meant Ogbecha or nurse neither of them could get out to cross, put any pressure on the cross at all, um, cross to the back post, and a poor, poor defending from Bennett, and it was one nil down. Um, a poor goal to concede.
0: Uh, good cross, I'll give him, give him that for a start. Really, really nicely yeah. angled in cross, and um, really difficult to defend. I think Bennett probably takes most of the blame on this one for me. You got to be, you know, goal side man there, haven't you, or at least ahead of him, and he's clearly. Sort of nicked in between Bennett and um, one of the central defenders. Although it's Bennett that's definitely supposed to be ma- marking him, isn't it? And um, you can see by Bennett, he's absolutely devastated by the, the by not doing enough. Because after the goal, he just sits on the floor um, and he just looks really, really pissed off about it. So um, yeah, he knows he kind of maybe didn't do enough there. But yeah, you know, pretty good striker play, I would say as well. Just to give him a bit of credit, it was a brave header, um, sort of sort of header that um, you know those sort of more robust forward players all kind of throw their head in somewhere and, and they'll get a bit of luck or they'll get a, they'll get a goal out of it. And on this occasion they did so yeah not great defending I think Bennett um, would have wanted to do more obviously the left wing back and the left centre back could have done a bit more but um in general I thought a good cross and actually a really brave good header from, from them as well so yeah things we could have done better but also got to give the Lincoln Ladd a bit of credit
1: yeah it was a good cross from a link perspective but poor from us there was a bit of debate on, on Twitter I say a bit of debate and I did make a post. Some people kind of took it the wrong way. It wasn't a criticism of anyone. It's just that, are you noticing, Lynn you're getting a lot less notifications these days in games? And there's a lot less, I think, people online or interacting with, with, with the team at the moment. There seems to be a lot of, I don't know, apathy. And you don't, I don't know, I just get it's my experience anyway. It doesn't seem to be many people commenting on Shrewsbury as much these days.
0: Possibly, I think that's a fair fair point. Um, it's it's not quite as busy as was well when we're on a good run, like under Hurst or something, or on a good cup run. I think you you tend to know that we've got a certain set of fans who are going to be ch- tuned in on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. They're they're sort of even you know personal. But
1: even the regular fans that often tr- um, jump yep. up in your timeline weren't weren't watching. I know a few people actually watched the cricket yesterday instead of watching Shrewsbury.
0: Well, oh, yeah. I'm not surprised though. We talked, we had a big chat about apathy, didn't we? About what's gone on so far this season, yeah. and um, you know, a, a good home win and a, and a plucky away draw is good, but it's not really going to bring the masses flooding back to to being totally engaged in this season. And I, I do think there is a little bit of a of a hangover from the whole season ticket issue. We've seen fans ranting about that all season, so. It's interesting. I mean, you know, would, would we normally take more than 300 away to Lincoln? I'd, I'd probably go back and have a look at what we would be traditionally been taking I there. I think but
1: so. I think We said so. about Ipswich yeah. as well. We took 200 to Ipswich or something like that, yeah, which is poor. really poor showing. Yeah. Um, Oxford was only a small number as well. So there's definitely been a, re- a reaction to the poor, poor results and poor performances over the last three years. Uh, and yeah. um, the reason I mentioned social media, because there was a bit of debate, wasn't there, about where Bennett should play. Mm. For me, he's not a natural right wing back. I think he, he's... I'm not saying he's not athletic and he's not incredibly fit. I just think I think he's a little bit past that kind of peak fitness for him to play that role now, and a few times. He's been isolated in that position. For me, he's not. I'd like to see him play more, maybe midfield, as one of those, maybe in that one of those eights, rather than play right wing back. For me, actually, Glenn, I'd say that the right wing back is actually my priority position for January.
0: Well, I was going to say he might not be the most natural player there at times, and he might be ageing. But frankly, is he a right wing back for Shrewsbury Town in 21-22... He is our right back. He is the only right back we have. <laughs> he's the only guy that can play there at the moment. So I agree, it's an absolute priority. Um, is it? Is it that I would like us another right back in January and to see him getting a bit of a run in midfield, like we saw at the start of the season, where he was quite impressive, wasn't he? So um, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, maybe get a run up there uh, like Lee he is at the moment. But um, yeah, quite, quite. I, I, I can't be too hard on him because he's by far the, the least problem we've got, I suppose, at some respects this season. But
1: we're um, not I, criticising yeah. the player, man. Let's no. get this right. I'm not criticising exactly. Bennett. I'm saying he's not. He's not for me. Natural right wing back, we're playing him out of position, and he's doing a great job for the team. But it's just a weakness area,
0: it is. And we've got no one to back him up. And you know, God, if he, t- he was to get injured, and Josh Daniels is out for, for months now, isn't he? From what I read the other day,
1: and Josh Jims is not a right wing back, no, <laughs> he played in the League of Ireland on the left wing. Um, and with, now apparently he's a right wing back,
0: well, he's our only cover there, isn't he? So, you know, in, in all honesty, if Bennett gets injured. I think we're going to have to have Pennington at right back aren't we as we had a few times um and then get Pierre back in in center back and if any more injuries happen then I think you see Wally back at the wing back positions which he's done a few times before so it is it is pretty you know scrappy to be able to fill in these positions at times but what are we now Ollie we're into November pretty much now aren't we we're only two months away from the January transfer window opening and Steve will not buying any players again so that'll be great <laughs>
1: Yeah, if we if, oh, yeah, don't don't say that Gwynn. Don't say that Glenn. Um but then I have to say there's you know, credit to the the players. Um 10 didn't stop. I don't think if you were watching the game and you'd miss the goal. You wouldn't have known necessarily that we were losing the way that we played. And um, we we've kind of ended the half quite well, I thought. Um and then we had a, a really good corner set piece. Um Pennington puts in the ball in the back. Um, and I think it's fair to say that Madley had a mare. Absolutely no way did ADO do anything wrong at all. The goalkeeper falls over his own man, and they, they, that is just that's just that is just really really poor refereeing.
0: I've watched this back a few times this, this morning. There's only two things you could potentially give a foul for, right? And neither of them are fouls in my view. One is that ADO and the defender kind of get in the keeper's way a little bit, but the keeper comes madly rushing out of his goal and completely misjudges the flight of the ball. He's never going to get it. So to me, he's already made his error there. I don't think that's worth a foul, um, certainly not disallowing a goal. The other one is right at the start of the whole kind of ball coming in. There's a guy by Pennington. Pennington peels off back post, but just as he's going, he sticks an arm out and he just gives his marker just the most gentle of shoves so that he goes backwards and the marker goes the other way. And, And because of that momentum, the guy that's marking Pennington then goes to try and attack the ball, gets under it. Pennington's left, free back post. It's so marginal as to whether that one was a foul as well. For me as a shoot fan, I can't I can't believe that goal got disallowed. And I think it you know, it's the sort of goal that if we'd got it then and Lincoln did what they did after we got our, our equaliser in the second half, I think we probably would have gone on to win it. So that's obviously a frustration for, for, for Cottrell and, and the team. But to me, yeah, madly. and he, you know, quite a big name referee. Obviously, he's been through his troubles and trying to make his way back up. But um, you know, if he's going to disallow goals that sort of thing, there's no way he's ever getting back up to the to the top flight to referee again, is he? So, um, yeah, disaster. And the other the other thing about this was, and we don't know yet because I haven't got around to checking it, but Mister Wrigglesworth was running the line, wasn't he, on Saturday? Um, him of the ghost goal. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued to know whether it was him that was running that line because apparently it was the linesman that flagged for for the foul. Um, so if it was Wrigglesworth, um, we'll have to check, and I will report back on Twitter but if it is. We've got even more reasons to hate him as a linesman now. So um yeah, watch that space, Ollie.
1: Yeah, well, and one thing we need to note here, I think um I think Madley um had it in for a doe. Ado did yeah. a really bad dive. He got booked for well, it. Well, that was fair. Um, so I don't know whether that was I don't know if but yeah, that was definitely a dive and it was definitely a yellow <laughs> card. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of went against a doe as well. A doe get, get get getting a lot of fouls against him unfairly, I thought. Um, and sometimes strikers seem to have those games, don't they, where the referee just doesn't seem to like them.
0: Yeah, yeah I think I've said that about Bloxham on the podcast the other week, didn't I? He's going to be one of those sort of strikers that kind of puts his elbows in and because he's tall and like a Peter, Peter Crouch type, he'll just get loads of free kicks given against him. Uh, Doe doesn't normally get too harsh a punishment from referees. But it's interesting. We'll just go off the, the disallowed goal, which was completely unfair. And, I, and I, I do agree with the manager on that one. Um, it, it was interesting compared to how Doe and Bowman played on Saturday. I thought, pressing-wise, they did really well in the first half and the second half as well, to be honest with you. But there was there was a lack of creativity, wasn't there, again, for for creating too many brilliant chances in front for them. So they didn't didn't really have any amazing chances. Obviously there was that one but Bowman at the side netting on a counter just after they scored. But I thought Odo was a little bit below his levels of Saturday. I'm not quite sure why that would be. Maybe he was just up against better defenders, but there was a lot of times where he tried to hold the ball up like he did against um, Cambridge and he did it really well where it kind of bounced off him or he just gave a pass away. I didn't I, Of the two of them, I thought, as, as much as you know, Bowman didn't score a hat-trick this week, you would think he played much worse. But I think Odo was a little bit off where he was last Saturday. I still think he was quite effective across the game um, in that sort of deeper position again. But yeah, the front two just didn't quite get into it as much as they did against Cambridge, did they? Both
1: the front two were poor on Saturday.
0: Okay, oh, well, okay
1: didn't really create anything did they didn't create anything no, they, did. um, and they, didn't, they did. didn't 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 get any into any positions didn't really hold the ball very well um, yeah I thought they were both quite poor And Saturday I'm just not really impressed with our strikers at all no
0: that's fair it's fair oh, even Bowman
1: scored, scored four goals last week um, but, yeah, too many games just passing by. Uh, mm. Both him and Ado, I thought, were quite poor on Saturday.
0: Yeah, it was nowhere near it was Saturday. And obviously, obviously we're still kind of talking about playing 10 men for a long period of time. So it has kind of coloured that Cambridge result a little bit as the week's gone on. But, you know, um, there we go. And ended the half, Oli. Thankful we weren't 2-0 down because, oh my God, they missed an unbelievable sitter right on the, on the end of the half, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they did. It was a, should have been a goal there. Good cross from Maguire and a terrible, terrible finish. He was a bit close to him. Um, But yeah, um, it was a bit close.
0: One of the defenders got under it, and I think that you know just completely put him off back post, thinking this is going to be cleared away. So yeah, you just got to trust that a defender's going to make the mistake there, haven't you? But yeah, one nil half time. You know, not too bad. Not not creative enough really going forward. I, I think I put on Twitter because I was using some Halloween analogies that our final ball just needs to be a bit more bewitching. It just was very simple crosses, or um, you know, just not the right quality or not the right creativity to un- unlock a defence really. So that's all we were kind of lacking first half. I think the defence played really well um, in that first half. You couldn't really criticise them too much. Other than the goal. Um, they, they were generally solid. I think the three centre backs played really well. Um, but yeah, 1-0 down. We were still in
1: the game. We do we? defend well, and that's we where do. you've got to give Bowman yeah. and Doe effort. You know, we do defend well as a unit when we get into that shape. I think we're really, really, um, really, really well coached on that side. And that's where you've got to give the manager credit. I think we've definitely seen him progress. Like Leahy looks like a proper central fielder now, doesn't he? He doesn't like he's filling in. And um, Wally's doing, you know, he's really well organized there. Um, he makes good forward runs. So while we are critical of the manager and obviously the results are still not good enough, still in the relegation zone, you've got to give we always yeah. will give credit where it's due. And we gave him credit for the for the win against Cambridge. And I think you've got to give him credit here. I think the way that the team is set up, um, we're getting the most of what we have. Um, still recruitment is is poor. But um, the players we have signed, Nurse has been brilliant. he has been brilliant again. Um, I thought um, yeah, so I think I think yeah. credit for credit is due in that, in that respect.
0: We say this is our best team. You you can't play on the front foot any more than we are doing at the moment with this team. It's it's not it's not got the quality to do that unfortunately in terms of the attacking areas. So you know this is a tactic that would work better with them. And it's you know got four points in a, in two games. You can't can't really shake a stick at that too much. But um, yeah, I think that if cottrell's going to want to evolve us beyond what we're playing at the moment, it's going to take until after January and maybe maybe not even that. Maybe we'll just stick with this for the rest of the season, get us through and go again next year. Who knows what'll happen. But um, yeah, we've definitely re- reverted to this kind of me um, kind of rickets ball style at certain times at certain times of games, which is not hugely entertaining to watch. But I don't care. As long as it's going to get us out of the relegation zone, I'll, I'll suck it up for now. So um, there we go. So that was first half. Yeah, you're right about the defending. Um, we did come out and play much better second half. We didn't really play much more front foot football until maybe the last 20 minutes where we just madly went at it, I suppose. But um, we definitely came out and played a bit quicker, a bit more snappier. I suspect our passing percentages were probably a little bit higher second half, Ollie.
1: Yeah, again, it's just the style of play we play, isn't it? Yep. It's is going to lend itself, and I do feel sorry for players, you know, if they're trying to market themselves as something. Um, the style of play does have a big impact on. Them. That's why stats, obviously, are useful, but only useful in the context of how you're playing. Um, With playable forward, our pass, no one's going to really have great apart from Davis, who he plays a lot of simple passes um, in, in 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 sensible areas um but yeah we definitely came out I thought with higher tempo um and it was something definitely that the um the lincolnshire BBC rep- um commentators commented on that Shrewsbury came out and played quite well in the second half um, and then i think glenn um was definitely a wind assist i uh. thought wind assisted goal um so huge throw um from nurse um the wind was circling throughout the game um, and lehi had his home uh, a nice bit of goal good leap from lehi i thought
0: He's- Pretty deadly in the box, isn't he? A few of his goals have been sort of um, in the box, haven't they? Close in, but yeah, where's? The... It's funny. We had a bit of debate which about the long throw, didn't we? In terms of, you know, that is a weapon, and and Nurse can really hurl it in there into a really dangerous area. You know, it was pretty much getting towards back post, wasn't it? When Lee headed it in, as you say, there might have been a bit of wind behind it, but he did it a few times in that half, but. It just it, if he's got that weapon, it's a bit weird that we've not been using it all season. And then Lewis Cox did say, well, you know, he has done it a few times this season. And I said, yeah, fair enough, but we used it a lot in this game, didn't we? Um, and it was definitely a weapon that we, we we used second half that created quite a lot of chaos in their box at times. So you know, may, maybe it's going to be long throws to save the season, Ollie. We're going to see Nurse just launching him in left, right, and centre. Loads of chances being created, goals. That's the future. Long throws to win the season, Ollie.
1: We're going to trebuchet our way for, to safety. <laughs>
0: Wickham esque There you go. You were right.
1: <laughs> well, Wick, Wickham are second in the league. We're not. We're nowhere near there. But um, they're there. Their effectiveness yet. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to have different options. Um, certainly um, in terms of, and also you know if you start doing these long throws, you also have an option to do a quick throw as well. um because the team will be trying to get ready to set them up, so Aye. it's good to see. we good to see some evidence of coaching.
0: Yeah, and if other teams see this, they they set up differently for us in those situations, and it opens up more space. You're right; it's just another threat we've got that makes the team, the other team, have to react when they do their sort of pre pre match work and figure out how they're going to combat us. You know, they won't want to give throw-ins away anywhere 20 20 yards out from goal. So you know, you suddenly start seeing them hoofing it longer, and there's a lot of things about a long throw that can kind of change the dynamic of a game really. So. I don't know why it's taken seventeen games for it to, to, to be completely effective and use it quite as much as we did, but yeah, great. And, and as I say, Leahy, brilliant finish um, right in front of the town fans, um, and that was great. And I, th- I thought it was just worth noting here. You know, we were talking about how many town fans we took away and saying, you know, it's lower or it's not as good as it was, um, and that's no knock on anyone that went. You know, if you drove to Lincoln yesterday or you went down to Oxford on that Tuesday night. Fair play to you, you know, uh, yeah, I go to pretty much most games, but for various reasons, you know, still lagging from the COVID a little bit and holidays, I've not been to any of the, the last two away games and, and and kind of missed it really. And and those guys are just amazing. And I have to give them credit because as, as soon as we scored the equaliser, there was 8,000 fans there, like we talked about at the start, Ollie, and all you could hear were the town fans. They completely yeah, silenced, you, you completely silenced 8,000 Lincoln fans from the performance they were watching. And the town fans were really loud. So, you know, it does show that, you know, as a club and as a fan base, those 200, that go, 200, 300 that go, Really get behind the team. They make a good noise, and I think that it probably helped the team in this circumstance because you know, it wasn't backs against the wall, but we were trying to get that first away win. The fans had stick stuck with them. Their town kept going. There is there is sometimes those there are those games where I can see that it does have a link. So yeah, hats off to everyone that went. Um, If I'm honest with you, if you went to that game. I, you, you should be allowed a ticket to Stratford, personally. Um, so um, yeah, there we go. That would be that would be my advice. Because it'll be one less... way
1: to get three hundred fans picked. Straight
0: <laughs> off. We, t- we took less fans to this game than we get to Stanford. So um, there's, there's clearly going to be a couple of spare tickets knocking around. We'll come to that in a minute. But um, yeah, just Did fair play to all those Stratford.
1: fans. Stratford. Oh, do you
0: Stratford. know what my me brother pointed this out to me when I went round to babysit for him on Friday night? I've been saying I've been saying Stanford, haven't I, for quite a while on the podcast? I, know. I, I can't I can't get out of my. I opinion. can't
1: pick you up on every time you make a mistake, <laughs> but um, for this one, I thought I would better do it.
0: You're not the only person that pointed out this week. I don't know what I've never been to Stamford. I, I think Stamford's near Lincolnshire, isn't it? It's like over Boston Way. So maybe there's a connection. Well, yeah, it's a, it's almost... a famous
1: Battle of Stamford as well, which was <laughs> um, yeah, where um, the the King um, yeah defeated the the Vikings before he then lost to um, the Normans. Oh right, I mean, that's I what you've you. been reading about. Glenn, uh, that's maybe. definitely
0: what we're talking about. May, maybe I'm just gonna you know next Sunday I'm gonna turn up in Stamford in Lincolnshire and be like, where's everyone else? Why, why have they not come to the game? So now I'm going to Stratford next Sunday. That's for sure if I get a ticket. So anyway, I apologise for. Getting that wrong over the last few weeks, and it was pointed out to me in real life as well. Um, there we go. Um, but yes, fair, fair play to all those fans, I just thought they were amazing.
1: Yeah, they were. So, uh, yeah, the game, not really too much to talk about. We'll come on to your favorite player in a minute, Glenn.
0: Uh, <laughs> but yeah,
1: there's a goal disallowed from Lincoln for being offside, um, a real superb save from Morosi. Um, and then I think it's fair to say the last kind of 20 minutes really did were a bit more dominated by, by Lincoln. I thought we kind of dominated the first half of the second half and they dominated the second half of the second half um, yeah I thought um, yeah as we said there was a really brilliant tackle with Lee he just gets these really deft t- tackles in doesn't he where he just kind of wins the ball I reckon Lee he would be an amazing five-a-side player um, he really yeah. would be a good player um, in, in that kind of environment I think um, and then and then your man comes on Glenn, the main man who's going to change the game for us <laughs> in around 75 minutes God
0: yeah Pike came on didn't he and he did he did something fairly comical didn't he uh, that was about the only thing he did there was like a I don't know, a mistake at the back. Maybe he put someone and in touch
1: like, to talk, Glenn. I wouldn't say it was that funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, it wasn't funny, but it was just how how you can even end up doing something quite like that. And yeah, he kicked a bloke in the face, um, but the ball ran clear, didn't it? And he looked like he had a tap-in. There was like no no one in goal, was there? The keeper had got sort of stranded out there, and then he stopped, and then he went to go and get the ball. By that point, the keeper had come across and, and, and made a save right on the line. And um, yeah, it was horrible. It was a bit of a nasty challenge, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, was,
1: it wasn't on purpose. No, he
0: was trying to hit the kick the ball, but yeah, it caught. When you watch it back, it catches him right on the cheek, doesn't it? Like studs on cheek sort of thing, which is pretty nasty. Um, I agree, not deliberate at all. I'm not. I'm not saying he meant to do it, but um, I don't know. It just kind of shows that when we're desperate for a goal and we're trying to bring on him or Cosgrove, who's well, potentially worse, I, we've just got no chance, have we?
1: No, it's, it's well. This it shows you where how low um, Cosgrove has dropped from the pecking order. <laughs> Surely he's going to be sent back. He's, you tell you what though, it's good. He's good on FIFA. Obviously, he scored <laughs> thirty eight goals for me on FIFA, in, and it's only February. Oh, but wow. so, yeah, in real life, he's he's not as good as he on FIFA. No. Um, and here's a question for you, Glenn. So Raheem Pike has played uh, seventeen. He's not played because he hasn't started a lot of these games, but no. he has made seventeen appearances for Shrewsby in League One. How many goals has he scored?
0: Two. But what what, is it? One in the league, one in the cup. He scored two goals, isn't
1: he? He scored no goals in the league.
0: Oh, were they both in the Cup? Okay, fair enough then. Well, that's not the best, is it, to be fair? Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I know he's got two goals, but yeah, they were both in the Cup, weren't they? But yeah, just not enough goals off the bench and not enough quality either. And uh, hopefully Cosgrove is below Bloxham and uh, Caton, to be honest with you, because I'd rather play them two than him. So he'll be gone in January, um, that's for sure. But even after that moment, it was quite a mad end to the game, wasn't it? There was a couple of chances either end, wasn't there? Kind of late late on. But um, if anything, we probably had the... Well, we had the last chance, didn't we? There was a corner... Yeah. Came across Pennington was at the back post and it, it looked like he should head it home. To be honest with you, um, watching it and um, just sort of doesn't quite get enough on it and and steers it just wide really. But if that had gone in, I, I could have probably I think a draw was probably a fair result in on the context of the game. But because of the way we finished the game, if we'd have won it two one, I also wouldn't have felt too bad about it, Ollie. I wouldn't have felt like we
1: robbed them. But then they had their chance as well, though. They I mean, did they right they off yeah. chances as well. Um, but I think for us, obviously, it's that that disallowed goal which kinda of just leaves a bit of a a bit of taste in the mouth. I think.
0: It did, it did, and it, it probably cost us in the end. But there were chances for either team to win it, but a draw on the basis of, of I think their overall possession and, and their overall shots and stuff probably a draw was a fair result, I think. So um, it's interesting because I was reading a few things. You, you know, you, you did something for the Stacey. I think it was you that did something for the state West blog. Or I was reading something. For-
1: no, I did the Lincoln program. Yeah, program, so actually the Lincoln hard. program. So hopefully um, some people read it, like the manager um, <laughs> um, read, the, read, the, read the the program. Um, but yeah, yeah, I did. A, I did a bit for them.
0: So the, the Stacey West blog is their um, sort of main sort of fan content thing. He's amazing. He's really good.
1: He's yeah. the best and blogger he... in the probably the football league. I don't think there's anyone better than him. The articles he writes. He did one on the FA the, the FA Cup draw. It can't have been. It can only been minutes really after it had been done. He must have just written it straight away. He's he's better than a lot of football right football journalists yep. to be honest. In terms of his, yep. he's the just the depth to his writing is fantastic
0: so I, th- I thought I'd have a look at his Twitter to see what he made of Lincoln's performance <clears throat> and he, he was basically with the view that they didn't get going they were nowhere near their best that they played this season so it sounds like we played them on a good day Ollie to, to get a point really um, but I, I think a lot of it was to do with the, the pressure playing at home and them having a bit of a patchy record at home this season also helped us so I thought they looked a bit weak mentally, Ollie. Um, Particularly after we got our goal, um, they just played a little bit less self-assured. And again, maybe that's pressure. You know, we've seen that happen to Shrewsbury loads before, and and maybe that's why it points towards them having a little bit of patchy home form. Is that um, they're just not they're a bit more mentally weak um, because they look like good players and, and stuff.
1: So yeah, two comments on that, Glyn. One, I'd say they did lose um, one of their centre-backs and they'd have to make quite a lot of changes in the game. So they made five changes, that's going to impact. But I think it's also worth noting as well, the average age. So the average age of their team was 24, ours is 28. So they do have quite a lot of youngsters in their team. And they're missing missing their best striker um, and and another midfielder as well, whose name eludes me. So they're missing Scully and someone else. So they're missing a few players. But I think overall, you're right, they... They weren't particularly great at breaking us down. Um, I thought their passing in game and stuff was probably not as good as I'd have expected from the Appleton side. Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't. You know, they don't strike me as a team that will probably get themselves down into too much relegation trouble. But um, yeah, we'll have to see how the season goes on. That's that's a bit of a view on them, I suppose. What was your view on our top players today?
1: So I went for Leahy, Nurse and Morose. Oops, sorry. I thought, I thought I thought my mic was on mute. Then did that sound? Did I say um at the end? And I'll do it again. So I went for Leahy, Nurse and Morosi.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. I went for Leahy. I mean, we've talked enough about him. Probably his best game for a town shirt. I'm not sure. Probably up there in the top three or four so far. I thought he was really, really good. Nurse... We've hardly mentioned him during this, but um, he was really good at the back, wasn't he? Obviously, the long throw is a new weapon he's provided, but defensively, he was absolutely brilliant, I thought. And, yeah, I was a bit harsh on Morosi for the third. I think I agree with you there. He was really good at the moments he was called upon. Um, but I thought, for me, Pennington, again, just is really standing out. And, and uh, Ebanks have been getting a lot of credit in the last few weeks. Uh, if you listen to the Radio Shops commentary, I know you were listening to the Away commentary, they were absolutely praising Ebanks to high heaven on the commentary, but I felt it was harsh on Pennington because he was just as good, if not better, than Ebanks on Saturday. Particularly late on, he made an unbelievable sliding tackle to save a goal, didn't he? Um, so I, I gave Pennington third place just because I thought he deserved a bit of recognition for um, his improved performances in the last sort of six, six to eight weeks, really, where I think he's he's not really been too much at fault for anything, and, and he was really good in this game. So that was my top three really.
1: And I thought also better was decent as well going forward. Yes. Um, I did notice the Safety West blog commented saying he was a most, our most attacking player. Um, that doesn't take a, that doesn't say a lot about the rest of our players. Um, But yeah, he thought that he did a good job and really made their right back look quite poor.
0: Yeah, I tweeted something about Ogbetter during the game yesterday about how you can see him starting to get back to his best form. He's definitely not there yet, but he's already showing enough at maybe... You know, 50, 60 percent of what he can actually give us when he's at his best in a, in this in this game on Saturday to to say that's just that's good enough for us at the moment. That's much better than what we've had at certain points this season. So to me, if he's going to keep getting better game on game, and I think you can see him getting better game on game, it won't be too long till he's back to his best. And I think then we'll have that massively useful attacking weapon down the left, which will add another aspect to our game and um, maybe help us kick on a little bit more. So I, I think persist with Ogbeche at left wing back. I don't know what you do in midfield, or if you change things around when Vela comes back. But for me, I, I think you keep Ogbetta left wing back now.
1: Well, we are we we're very left centric, as we said um, <laughs> yeah. on the podcast last week. And the um, you look at the, the the position of the players on the map, like Ogbetta, a whole team is bent based on the left. Um, better and um, Bennett tucks in, and we are so left kind of skewed. We're a bit play a bit lopsided, don't we? With Nurse. And Ogbetta really pushing up. So, yeah, I think that's working quite well, that Nurse um, Ogbetta access. And it'd be interesting to see how, how those guys perform against um, uh, a side from a lower division.
0: Yeah, sorry. You, you mentioned the Stacey spoke talking about it better. I've just checked on Twitter, and he was in response to that tweet I was just talking about. So there we go. We've come come full circle on that. Um, but yes, I, I think we are very left leaning. Um, uh, but it, it's it's fine at the moment. It's it, playing those three players in the position they're in has given us more balance than you would think for playing three left wing backs. So um, it's it's fine for the moment. But we will definitely evolve from that. I think as the season goes on.
1: Yeah. Um. So, what the manager have to say? So he said he was disappointed with the point. Um. Scored a perfectly good goal first half. We should have won that two one. Um, it's Good to come to a place like Lincoln and, and they create a lot of chances. And in Eli- Lee, he he jokes that he was he wasn't a bad signing. Um. And he's done really well. And he thought it was a bit of a ding dong game, a good League One game. And um, but then out of nowhere, he just said that um you have to be in the dugout on the pitch to understand um about almost about, about football and sometimes people don't understand it I saw um, Ant Thomas um, obviously had listened to the post match and he didn't agree with kind of my interpretation of that kind of that bit of the bit of the the interview but it was just a really mundane question from Stu Dunn nothing wrong with it just you know performances, just commented how performance has been good and then yeah the manager takes it as a dig saying people don't really understand football which is a bit odd but he just does he just can't help himself can he
0: Yeah I I can't really judge too much on it honestly because I didn't listen to the tone of what he said, because um, I was I was out last night, but um, it, you know, I suppose after a tricky few weeks of. Um, him kind of getting a fair bit of negative response for the interviews he's been doing and the tone he's come across and the way he's been treating people um, as we've noted in, in the press um, maybe it was a chance for him to fire back at some of the critics he's had and clearly someone's telling him what fans are talking about because um, he's mentioned certain things that have kind of been discussed that week so he must have his finger on the pulse of what's going on as much as he's said before he doesn't um, but yeah I guess after a week where you've, you've won away you, you know that on last Saturday you've got a win at home <clears throat> you've gone away to Lincoln you've got a point I suppose he wants to have a little bit of a pop back because he's, he can kind of say, look, I do know what I'm doing. Um, and that's fine for now. But um, yeah, this is only a very small sample of the season. And I think if we were to slip back to where we were, then these sort of comments might look quite foolish. Because if you've got to be on the touchline to understand what's going on, um, then there were 16 games before the start of, of, of the Cambridge game where yeah he was on the touchline. And it didn't look like he knew what was going on. So um, we'll, we'll judge that over a longer time period for me, Ollie.
1: Yeah, I think of course we can get a good result on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, definitely. for me it's about them repeating that and getting a, a good win in in the in the league. Um so yes, yeah, we look ahead to the the FA Cup.
0: Can do, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to put a break in here, Ollie. There you go. So a Peek behind the curtain for anyone listening. Um we'll just go straight into this because it's uh, not much to talk about is there. So the first thing to look at I suppose Ollie for the for the Stratford game um is the ticket allocation because um we announced that on uh, Friday. Um, And yeah, as much as there's going to be, I think about 2,800, I think is going to be the capacity. They've somehow upped the capacity of the stadium. Um, They've only given us 380, which is not 15%, which is a usual FA cut rule, but the safety ground authority have agreed it and and obviously our our club have agreed it as well. Um, So 380-ish, not not the biggest amount. And we're going to do it on loyalty points, um, which is completely fair because that is exactly how we should be uh, issuing tickets. It's the established approach. Um, And I think you need 28 loyalty points to be able to get in the first day sales, which is going to be Monday. So you get 24 for your season ticket. Um, You need to have been to at least two away games because they're two points each or two away games and both the cup games at home. So I'm led to believe from talking to a few people that everybody in that first bracket should get a ticket, Ollie, which I think is completely fair because it is rewarding those people who have put money into the football club for a season ticket and are the hardcore go. Away from home, and I think those are people you've got to you've got to recognise. I'm, I'm not just saying that because I fall in that bracket because I've been going to a lot of away games, but I think for me that's that felt the fairest way of doing it personally.
1: Yeah, they seem to try and reinvent the wheel every time these games come along. Um, just <coughs> use the loyalty points; it's simple. and Everyone exactly. knows where they stand. Yeah, for me, it's it's it can be sometimes things can be two things at the same time. It is a small allocation, but it's also fair as well. Um, it's, it, is, it is what it is. Um, it's a small ground. Um, it's going to be a, a, a small number of shooter fans get the chance to go. Though you did co- comment on it, Glenn, and I was surprised how easy it was. You literally just go on and just buy a, a home ticket. Like You don't need anything. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, we probably shouldn't advertise it, but in reality like I was looking at some of the smaller clubs that are in a similar situation is it is it Yate or, or Yale or something like that I can't remember it's Hayes and Yedding maybe I can't remember uh, one of those smaller teams they're only selling their home tickets to people who've got a utility bill that live in the area or are people who are on their system which obviously won't be a load because um, you know non-league clubs don't get a huge amount of fans but yeah Stratford are not doing anything you could literally go online now and buy a ticket in the home end for the game which seems a bit bizarre now if they're playing Millwall I suspect that wouldn't be the case Ollie. but because they're playing little old Chisbury Town and and we're not going to take any morons or we're not going to have too many morons going to games like that. Although recent events have shown we do have morons following us, but um, hopefully they're getting weeded out now. Um, yeah, I can't imagine it's going to cause too much trouble for maybe another 120 town fans to be in the home end. Um, but it just seems odd. You know, if they'd have given us 500, I think we probably still would have sold all of those. Um, yeah, so. definitely.
1: I'd I, I love to have gone for me. It's just that a little bit too far away, too many yeah. A-roads and and and, and the <laughs> M40 to get back. So for me, yeah, I'm not going to go and watch it on TV, but... Yeah, it's, it's, so it's one of those games that I definitely would have normally have gone. Um, it's great to go to a different away ground, especially non-league grounds. Everyone loves going to, going to a different non-league ground. Though, um, obviously, we do have some bad memories of going to non-league grounds. I just had a flashback to buy Spartans. Um, well, so, yeah, fingers that. crossed it would be better than that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, some of my lowest moments following Shrewsbury have been these sort of games. You know, you say Blythe, that's definitely up there. And obviously we talked about Histon a few weeks back, didn't we? Um, so yeah, Histon is is definitely up there. But it, also we played, you know, Staines at home and lost them, didn't we? But we, it's not often we played too many, like, little, little, tiny little clubs in my time following the town. I think we played... Um, God, I was going to say Stratford then, but I meant Stafford. God, I, too many S, S teams at the moment. Yeah, I remember Stafford
1: that. I was at university, I remember um, yeah. Stafford. Range. One of my housemates, um, Lidnish Stratford. Stratford. Uh, <laughs> Stratford. <laughs> uh, Stafford. <laughs> You're making me do it now. Um, know, and yeah, flicking. that was a great game. We scored some good goals in that game. Was it a 3-1, or 4-1 win or something Yeah, like that? I think
0: so yeah and obviously the marine game as well so they're not they're not common when you play these really small teams and um so i I've, I've been to all those games i don't think i've missed any of those so i, I am quite desperate to go to this game so I'm, I'm looking forward to it but just just coming away from actually being there and what the experience is like and um hopefully i should be able to take both my kids as well because they they qualify so we'll be able to have a nice little day out there but going back to it they're not they're not in the best of form are they old, no, they're not. old stratford town so
1: I tell you what, Glenn, they've played a lot of games they've played something like um they've played eight games in in october um, and of those eight games, they have conceded twenty-one goals. Um, so they they beat um, so in in October they beat um, Long Eaton on um, three-two. Um, then they lost five-two at home to Peterborough Sports. Then they lost seven-one away to Biggles, Biggleswood Town, and then they God. drew one-all with Boston United, obviously. Uh, and then they played Boston United. Again in the replay, um, and, and they beat them three two, and then they won one nil against Hitchin Town, and they lost two one to Rushden and Diamonds, another former obviously Football League team, and then mm-hmm. on Saturday in the FA Trophy they lost away um, at Royston Town. So, yeah, not on a great run of form. Obviously, the only games they won um, in the, in in the in the month was um, one league game and one FA Cup game. So they didn't wow. come into it in a great of form. And they do ship a lot of goals. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Shooter Town approach this one.
0: I feel a bit more confident about this game than I did after us watching yeah. Playway Oxford. <laughs> I do feel like the last two games have given us a bit of a chance to think, come on, let's get real here. We that was a, a dire game, the
1: Oxford City game at yeah. home, wasn't it? It was a, we are- a terrible performance.
0: Yeah, so I, uh, you know, we are a football league club. We are an established League One team. We have professional footballers getting paid probably two, three, three and a half grand a, a week, um, which is which is probably could run their club maybe a little bit. Maybe that's a bit harsh because I, I don't quite know their finances. But in reality, you know, we are a, a Goliath to their David, aren't we? Really, this should be a game we should win comfortably. I know games aren't like that in the FA Cup. It'll be tight, you know, it'll be it'll be difficult, it'll be tricky. Maybe it'll be a tricky pitch. It's November, it'll probably be horrible conditions. Um, so there are going to be a number of challenges. And and a lot of these games live and die not on the tactics sometimes, are they? They, desi- they, they? they live and die on the desire of the players. Um, <clears throat> and it, let's be honest, if there's one thing we can't really criticise too much this season, it's been the players' commitment and desire and at least effort. So I, I do feel a little bit like, you know, they'll put that into this game as well. Um,
1: Definitely Especially set ourselves up for a fall, but you look at certain <laughs> teams, and you look at the team, and you go, "Oh, you know, we've had teams in the recent years, haven't we? Like the ASCII team, um, some of the teams under um, when we lost to, um, to Sheff- um, when we lost to Chesterfield seven mm. one whatever it was. That yeah. team was just weak as piss. But yeah. then you look at this team, and yes, we're not great, but we haven't been hammered by anyone, um, and there's enough kind of pros, leaders, you know, you've got Ebanks, Pennington, Pierre, you know, Bennett, Leahy, Davis, um, you know, Bowman's, you know, Bowman's No Spring Chicken either. There's a lot of um, experience uh, and, and kind of a lot of games played in that team. So, you know, in terms of like bottling it or getting nervous by the by the event, that's not gonna happen with this team. Um doesn't mean we're gonna win, but it's not gonna be where we you know, we're fearful for the, the kind of the fragility of our team. That's not that's not one of our issues, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I guess a, another bit of it depends on what do you think Cottrell will do. Do you think he'll play our strongest team? You yeah. know, like we've I think there's might... no
1: game on Tuesday. Um, yeah. We've got a whole week. And maybe he'll maybe mix up a little bit. Maybe he'll play Bloxham or something like that. I we'll be surprised if there's a couple of changes. Uh, maybe a nice one for Vela to come back in. I don't know, maybe you would save him for that. But well, no yeah, reason, we'll... we've got a week to recover. And I don't think we came away with any injuries. So would you play? Would you be surprised? I'd be surprised if there's more than two changes.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I play our strongest team as well, but I I just got visions of, of the country watching a uh, struggling Sam Cosgrove struggle against a team like Stratford um, and him getting subbed at half time and then instantly retiring. You could, like, no, I'm only joking. But like, you know, there's there's a chance to play some of those strikers that haven't got any real form or goals this season. Um, maybe there's a, there's an maybe there's an idea not to play Bowman, for example, with his heart issues. What's the point really? Um, so maybe he's one that you could rotate out. I suppose if there's anyone that's been feeling a bit leggy the last few weeks. Some of the older players, like Wally, you might see him rotated out. Um, but I suspect he'll start them from the start and sub them off as the game goes on. So, but yeah, it'd be fascinating to see how we approach it. I don't think we'll approach it in a way that is like we'll be looking back saying, "God, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't give that the due care and attention it needed." And we, you know, we've been rightly knocked out. I think we will, we will treat it professionally. Um, and I suppose yeah, it's it's going to be good to be part of one of those. Um, good moments for a club like them. You know, something where they're on TV, it's getting them some big publicity. Um, we're kind of part of that story for the day. So, it's a lot to like about this FA Cup draw, and I think it'll be, if we come through with a win, it'll be one of those days people remember quite fondly.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed, Glenn. Um Their average attendance um, at home is, what's, I don't know, it's like 300, hundred, four hundred, something. I don't know. I can't remember to see the numbers, no, right. trying to find it. So, it is quite small. Though. It's obviously they're a small club. Um, looking at their attendances now, they've had. Like 500, um, 200, 700, 400, 200, 300. Um, so the last home game on Saturday was 344. Um, so, yeah, it is a yeah, it is a, um, it is a it's a small uh, non-league side. Um, but, you know, it's 11 players versus 11. They got a great result against Boston the last round. Uh, and big upsets can happen, as we know, because we've done some ourselves.
0: We have, um, and we will do as we go through the FA Cup this year. Oli, I'm going to ask you one last question on the FA Cup, um, which we, we muted the other week. Um, in this same situation last season when we were really struggling, um, we, we started the FA Cup and, and you said it was a distraction. Is it a distraction this season, Ollie? It's exactly the same situation. We've got exactly the same amount of points. We're still down at the bottom of the league. Are you calling this a distraction again? you got to be consistent, surely.
1: Yeah, for me, it's is, is, is not at this point. <laughs> having one game on a Sunday and, another, and then having time, having a week, I think is okay. For me, I get really concerned when you start having replays. So remember that here's a few. That was it last season when we had the replay against Bristol City? Um, yeah. We had a good performance. Then we then we had to have a, a Tuesday game. Then we had another game. Obviously, we had the replay against Liverpool. I think if you start getting replays, for me, then it can become a big distraction, especially when you've got such a small squad. Um, I don't think we've really got the um, the the energy or the juice. Um, if we're a battery, Glenn, we're quite worn out. And yeah, it wouldn't take too many too many extra games, I think, to cause us a problem.
0: Yeah. To me, I you know, normally I would agree with you and in those on those same points. I, I, and you're not saying it is a distraction at this point in time. I, I completely agree with that. I think it's a good opportunity for us to kind of keep a good run going. So yeah. um it's a it's a bit of an open goal. Um and it'd be one that we'd be a very, very poor to miss to be honest with you. So um yeah, I'm looking forward to next Saturday, Sunday. I'm gonna say Saturday then, but it's on Sunday, isn't it? So I'm looking forward to next Sunday. And yeah, we'll probably be back late on after the game. Um Yeah,
1: I don't know when we'll do that. Should yeah. we discuss to you how we will do it or maybe Monday or or Sunday, we'll see.
0: Yeah, very much so. We'll we'll figure it out. We always do, don't we? But yeah, we'll be back to cover the FA Cup next week. And um, yeah, enjoy the week, town fans, and we'll see you next week.
1: Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening.